Welcome to Chase Oaks. We are so glad that you are here. Uh, If it is your first time, thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your weekend and us uh, getting to spend some time together. Um, If you're watching today's message, and let's say you're even not a Christian, or maybe you're in a place where you're trying to rebuild your faith, or maybe you just had a lot of stuff going on in 2020, and you kind of come into 2021 and kind of going, Lord, what is it that you have in store for me? I can't think of a better place than Chase Oaks for you to get engaged in. One of the things that we firmly believe is that you can come just as you are. And uh, here's, here's a little secret. I don't think you're going to leave the same way. Because there's something magical that happens when we get together and God comes into our life and he does so much and he changes us. And I just want to say, man, welcome, welcome, to, welcome to Chase Oaks. And, uh, man, I, just, I hope that this weekend adds value to your life in a significant way. We're wrapping up a series called The Gamble, the bad bets we stake our lives on. And there's so many things in life that sometimes we really think, man, if we just do this, it's going to make our life better. But it it rarely does. And today I'm going to be talking about comparison, comparison. Now, uh, I, I don't know where your comparison starts. For me, it generally starts with online comparisons, not just social media. That's one way. You know, you might be comparing your friend's vacations. You might be comparing the fact that your friend went on vacation at all mid-COVID. You're like, you went anywhere and maybe you're jealous. You're making some sort of comparison. Uh, even when I'm Zooming with people, I start making comparisons. I'm like, where'd you get that background? Huh? Like that background looks nice. How come your camera's a lot clearer than mine? Hey, by the way, did you soundproof your office? Because I can't hear your kids, but you can hear my kids. Okay, like how in the world? Like that, that's what happens with our online comparisons. And then there's our offline comparisons. This is where we just compare each other live. Uh, we do this uh, with our siblings. We might do this with our coworkers. We might do this at school. I do this at the park, even with my son. I'm comparing other kids to my son. I'm like, okay, does he look like he showered in the last three days? Okay, they look like they showered. Okay, like so you just start making these little comparisons. My wife and I, we love our neighborhood. Uh, great people, real quiet, super chill. And I like to say that we're good neighbors. But we're not. We're competitive neighbors, okay? And uh, there's always something. In fact, there's, there's a lovely couple that actually works here at Chase Oaks, and they're just the best neighbors ever. And I'm like, babe, we got to step up our game because they do everything a neighbor is supposed to do. They are always baking desserts for us and dropping them off at the house. Their Christmas light game was strong, okay? I'm not talking just like, like the regular Christmas lights. I'm talking they had the inflatables. You know what I mean? Like those people, and we can't help it, but we're just driving around our neighborhood like, babe, we got to step up our Christmas light game. We look embarrassing out here. And then our neighbors across the street, you know, after the holidays, they got us a New Year's gift. Who gets a New Year's gift? Are you kidding me? And you can't help but just kind of start to do this comparison. And here's the deal. I know all comparison isn't bad. Sometimes you, you make a comparison to be, able to, to be able to know where you are, to be able to improve. But let's just be honest. That's rarely the case when you and I are scrolling. That's rarely the case when you and I are comparing. It's a bad bet. And so today, I want to simply give us three core questions that I believe are going to help us fight comparison. The first question is this. Number one, what's the healthiest way to measure my life? This is the question I think we all should ask ourselves this weekend. What's the healthiest way to measure my life? Some of us measure our life by money. Some of us measure our life by following. 
Some of us measure our life by stuff. Some of us might measure our life by how much power we have. But God measures our life by something completely different. I love what 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12 says. It says, oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. But they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. We will not boast about the things done outside of our area of authority. You see, it's a bad bet when you and I begin to compare ourselves to other people. And I would argue it's because we're rarely comparing accurate stories. Let's do a little exercise. Let me ask you this. What story have we been telling ourselves about others? You and I, we do this all the time. We can see a neighbor, they get a new car, and and we envision this whole movie about how they got the car and what things are like in their home. We might be scrolling and we just tell ourselves a story that's beyond the story that they even posted. And we've got this grandiose idea about what their life looks like. That is usually an inaccurate version of their actual life. And here's how I can prove it. It's this next question. What story have we been telling ourselves about ourselves? I mean, when you tell yourself the story of your life right now, like what's some of the verbiage that you're using? I mean, just think about your actual true story versus their grandiose, exaggerated story. And then it leads us to this third question, which is interesting. What story have we been telling others about ourselves? In other words, what did you post? You know that's not the truest version and most authentic version of your story. So here's, here, here's why comparison is a bad bet. It's because the story we've told ourselves about them is rarely true. And the story that's actually true about us, we'd never post. So we're not actually comparing true stories thank god he gives us a measurement we find it in matthew chapter 25 verse 14 it says speaking about jesus is talking about what the kingdom of heaven is like he says for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property to one he gave five talents to another two to another one to each according to his ability uh if we were to do uh, the math and inflation based off of what a talent was, breaking down what Jesus is saying, hey, the kingdom of heaven is like this. It would be the equivalent of Jesus saying a man went on a journey and to his servants he gave half a million dollars, $2.5 million, and to another $5 million, each according to his ability as to what he could handle. You know what I love about this is that we don't have to compare each other's giftings and we don't have to compare what each other have because we can live with the knowledge of going, you know what? God has given me what he thinks I can handle. And really what we have to do is do our best with what we've been given. My favorite part about this verse is to each according to his ability. You know what I've resolved in my heart? I'm not as athletic as LeBron James. I'm not. I spend very little time going, if I was just like LeBron, 
If I could just be athletic, if I could just be 6'8", if only I was 295 pounds or however heavy he is. Okay, like, like, I don't think that way. Why? Because I understand God gave him an ability. God's giving your coworker an ability. God's giving your friend an ability. Comparison has the ability to turn a friend into an enemy. Is there anybody in your life right now that you're going, oh, man, I'm just so mad that they were given more than me. You were given something according to your ability. And this leads us to our our second question that helps us fight comparison. And it's this. What has God given me to steward? This is the question I want you to ask yourself this week. What has God given me to steward? Not worrying about what God has given somebody else to steward. I love what he goes on to say. Paul says in 2 Corinthians in chapter 10, verse 13, he says, We will not boast about things done outside our area of authority. We will boast only about what has happened within the boundaries of the work God has given us, which includes our working with you. He's going, hey, I can't be concerned about a lane that was given to somebody else. We are laser focused on the lane God has called us to do. I love what Romans 12 verse 6 says. It says, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we are not. Man, I want to encourage somebody today. Oh, this verse is encouraging. I want you to be what you were made to be. This is, I, I'm not going to hit you with the army slogan. Not be all you can be. No, that's another message. I want you to, to be what you were made to be. Do you know what that is? Do you know the thing that you were made to do? Sometimes we can get so wrapped up and focused on what other people were made to do that we miss out on what we were made to do. Um, I read a, a stat the other day. It's interesting about Twitter in and of itself. Twitter's stats came out that 80% of its users aren't posting anything. They're just watching the other 20% live. You just got to think about this for a second. Are you living? Are you doing what you were made to do? This is not an encouragement for everybody to leave this weekend and just post as much as you can. That's not the message. But the message does require us to ask, man, am I, am I on the sidelines? Or am I actively living and laser focused on what God has called me to, to be? Now, I love what Paul wrote at the end of his letter to the church of Colossae. It's awesome. He says, and I say to Archippus, be sure to carry out the ministry the Lord gave you. I don't know who Archippus is. Do you? No, probably not. But just think about this for a minute. The Apostle Paul is addressing the church of Colossae. And he's going through doctrine. He's breaking down what humility really looks like. It's a fantastic letter. But then at the end of the letter, he says, hey, I know I'm talking to the whole church, but just for a moment, Archippus, if you're listening, make sure you carry out the ministry God gave you. 
I don't know if there's an archipist watching today's message. I don't know if there's an archipist in the building. But I want to talk to every young person. I want to talk to every person who feels like their life can't have a comeback story. I want to talk to the person that's in the middle of a divorce. I want to talk to, to the student that is struggling with, uh, with social distancing and, and distance learning. I, I want to talk to the person that has disqualified themselves for absolutely no reason. I want to talk to you today and I want to tell you, make sure you carry out the ministry God gave you. Every single person under the sound of my voice has been given a lane, has been given a ministry to carry out. I don't care how old you are. I don't care where you live and I don't care how you grew up. God has given you a ministry, my friend, and you should carry it out. Heaven forbid. We find ourselves on the sidelines watching other people carry out the ministry God gave them. Um, I have a book coming out in June. I know all of you want to buy a thousand each. That's just too generous. Okay, a hundred is more than enough each. That's great. Um, Now, the process of, of being an author and writing a book, let me tell you the hardest part about writing a book. Reading other people's books. Because you start to realize, you start to play this comparison. And you're like, man, I should have said that. Wait, they may have stole that from me. They probably heard me say that. Does this person go to Chase? You just start thinking all of these things. And you just, man, there, there was a moment where I almost pulled the plug. Because I was reading all these amazing New York Times bestsellers. And I'm just going, man, this thing just isn't, just isn't good enough. And man, I just had to be reminded, no, Ryan, God's given you a ministry to carry out. So you carry out, you do your job and actually let those other authors be those other authors. My friend, there's a ministry that God gave you. Do you know what it is? There's a race that God has marked out for you. Are you running in it? Man, I can't be looking at somebody else's lane. Man, I, I got to be laser focused on what God has called me to do with me and my family. My hope and prayer is that you're able to do the same. The third question is, is very important after we've answered the second one. And it's this. Who can I celebrate? Oh, I, I want you to talk about this over dinner. I want you to, I want this to be the dinner table conversation for the week. Who can I celebrate? Who in your life? Can you truly celebrate? I love it. Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10 verses. Let's see here. Maybe we can change it. There we go. Hebrews 10 verse 24. It says, discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. Man. You know. This is very hard to do for for somebody you're competing with. This is so hard to you can't celebrate somebody else's grandchildren when your grandchildren acting a fool. You're like, no, 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 no. You you can't possibly celebrate the person that got promoted instead of you. No, no, no. We can't celebrate the people that we're in competition with. Why? Because we lose the game. 
right? To surrender the idea that they were better, that they were prettier, that they were stronger, that they were faster, that they worked harder, that maybe they deserved, maybe they didn't. And, and like, but surrendering celebration to them would somehow say you won. Have you ever withheld a compliment from somebody? Like you actually thought they looked good, but you was like, I ain't telling you nothing. <laughs> like you, you actually liked something that they did. Like maybe you're comparing your work to theirs, but you actually like there was a post that you saw and you're like, I actually want to hit like on it. But I'm no, I'm going to withhold my liking from them, although I kind of like it. I mean, you got to think about this for just a moment. Because we, we think to ourselves, well, if they win, we can't have that. What would you do if I told you? We can have that. We can have that. Yeah. Let them win. Because you want to know what you lose by playing the game? Contentment. Peace. Joy. So let them win the game and you get to keep your contentment and your joy and your peace. Man, I, I know so many siblings who have been pinned against each other for decades. Constant competition. I mean, it, it, it started when they were five years old. Now they're in their 40s comparing houses, kids, grades. Oh, he got a B? Oh, uh, well, ours got an A. And it, at some point, we got to ask ourselves, man, aren't there some people in our life that God has put there for us to celebrate them? They're not our competition. Perhaps they're our companion. I wonder if there's somebody under the sound of my voice that's been comparing themselves to their spouse. How, how are you going to sleep with somebody you're comparing yourself to? That can't be fun. What would it look like for us all to just lose the game and just go, man, you know what? I, I've decided to be the biggest loser in the, in the room and celebrate everybody. I don't have to be better than anybody. Can I, can I just tell you something? I love being people's cheerleader. Oh, I, I love being an optimist. And maybe God made me that way, but I, I think a lot of it's been a choice. Let me tell you what I've learned. The life of a fan is way better than the life of a hater. Oh, it's a good life. Woo! People like having you around. Oh, they can't wait to call you. They can't wait to have you over. Oh, the fan. Oh, they, they can't wait for a pandemic to be over. You're going to be the first call when you're a fan. Woo! When people are dreaming, oh, they love calling you. And then there's, you know, those friends we have that feel like it's they're God's gift to the planet to keep everybody humble and bring them down to earth, you know. You're usually last on the invitation to the barbecue, which is fine. You can come, but we just can't have too many of you in the room. I mean, here's the deal. At some point, this is about making a decision about the type of person you actually want to be. I mean, who grows up? Who, what third grader right now is going, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to make sure everybody stays humble. That's what I'm going to do. Like, who's doing that? What? No, something happened. What? No, I, I've already made up my mind. I'm, I'm going to be a fan of people 
And you know who else I'm going to be a fan of? My family. I'm going to be a fan of my kids. I'm going to be a fan of my wife. Get, get, you want to know who else is writing a book in my house? My wife. Okay? It's not a competition. It's a children's book. It's awesome. Now, have I had some thoughts like it's not as hard as my... Maybe. I've had maybe. Okay, I've gone there. But no one's going to be a bigger fan of my wife than me. It's just not going to happen. It's the greatest thing ever in my mind. I've just decided a long time ago, I want to be a fan of people. People are not my competition. You know, I've, what usually ends up happening with comparison is it often leaves us bitter at them and disappointed in ourselves, right? I mean, you start watching them, you think, oh, they're better, and then all of a sudden they become an enemy. And now you also now think less of yourself. It's a bad bet. I mean, for some of you, it may mean reducing social media significantly. For some of you, it might be deleting a particular app. I know some people, Facebook just gets them. For some people, it's Twitter. For some people, it's Instagram. Maybe TikTok is your, is your kryptonite. I don't know. But you need to actively think about, is this poison for my soul? I mean, if, if I told you that every morning I was going to throw a newspaper at your front door, and in this newspaper would be information, that would make you feel unfulfilled, unsatisfied, like you never have enough, that your kitchen's outdated, that you're not doing enough with your kids. Like, who would voluntarily read that every single morning? Like, nobody would be like, if you knew that was going to happen, you'd be like, man, I don't want to open this. If that's how it's going to make me feel, for some of us, that is social media. That's why it's called a news feed. And sometimes the news that we get isn't helping us carry out the ministry that God gave us. This is not the anti-social media message. I assure you of that. Man, this is the anti-comparison message. And for us to be in a healthy place to where we can actually celebrate other people. If there's somebody you work with that has gotten promoted and you didn't, celebrate them if there is some you know what some of you the, the most spiritual thing you're going to do all week you know that person you can't stand that you follow anyways which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me but you do it okay so this person that you don't like maybe you're even related to them okay and they post stuff this is what i want you to do this this is gonna be very very spiritual okay i want you to go home and i want you to like the post yep that's it like the post yep celebrate this is awesome. Yep. I'm going to release that. Because for us, we sometimes we feel like we're withholding something. I'm going to show you. They're not even watching. So you know what? I'm just, I'm not going to play the game. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to be a fan. Because it's a much better life than being a hater. So in summary, the three core questions that help us fight comparison. Number one, what's the healthiest way to measure my life? How are you measuring it? You should measure it by simply going, you know what? 
What has God given me according to my ability? What has God given me to steward? And number three, who can I celebrate? Who's the person in your life? Is it a sibling? Maybe you need to end the three-decade war you've been in for way too long. Yeah, maybe this weekend you just go, hey, it's, it's, it's over. Hey, uh, your kids are awesome. Your husband, man, he makes more money than mine. Okay, that's great. We're on the same team. We're in the same family. But I've decided to stop playing the game because it's a bad bet that we stake our lives on. God, I thank you so much, Chase Oaks. Uh, Lord, I pray for each and every person that finds themselves comparing themselves to people online, people offline. God, I, I pray that you would make it crystal clear what it is you've given us according to our ability. I pray that you would make it crystal clear the ministry that you've given us to carry out. May we be laser focused in that. May we not be on the sidelines watching other people carry out their ministry. But God, would we get laser focused on what you've called us to do. And God, I pray that in these next few moments, you would lay people on our heart to celebrate. That you would lay people on our heart to encourage. Maybe it's the person we found ourselves envying the most. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody say it. Amen.